a reunion of the firemen, isn't it? Yeah. What time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? Y'all hear him? What time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. So welcome to New Freedom. Welcome to Position of Neutrality. For those of you who have not been here before, we open every single one now with a prayer, and Chaplain Lee is in the house. Come on and stand to your feet all over the room. Let us pray. Father, we thank you again today. We welcome you in this place. We ask you, Lord, just to have your way on today. We thank you for another opportunity to gather together in unity. We ask you, Lord, on today as we prepare to dive into step four, that we will do a moral inventory and understand the importance of taking a deep dive in. So we ask you today to be with us, use your manservant, and he begins to speak life to these that are on their way and those that are here. And forever we'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the mighty name of Jesus. Let everyone say Woo! amen. Thank you, Chap. So as Chap lets you know, we're going to take a look at step four tonight. And for, I guess what we should do, just a couple of housekeeping measures. Anyone in the room for the first time tonight? Woo! Oh, good. A few of you? Great. Oh, good. Welcome. So first of all, welcome, and second, let us warn you in advance, you'll be able to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have attended. And the primary reason that's liable to happen is that we intend for you to have a different experience here. So what we do here, we've been taking a look at a, the instructions for a step or so a week directly out of this book, and we use this book in 12-step recovery, why? Yeah, the process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work for addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances, yeah? And so what we do is we just, I'm, I can't tell you what the book says because that's none of my business, but I can show you how I find what it says to me. The authors in the foreword to the first edition say to show others precisely how we recovered is the main purpose of the book. So someone had to show me how to find my experience in it. And they wrote it down so that they could do that on through the ages. And so that we're carrying on that tradition, if that makes sense. So it, whatever that spirit in you reveals to you, that's, that's what's up. But we got a lot of commonality. If, if I show you how to find it, we may have similar discoveries. Fair enough? And the other thing I need everyone in this room to know, we. Uh, now for the last several weeks have been able to, to delay broadcast this into all the units of ADCRR. So, so, so uh, we want to let everyone know in the prison system in Arizona and in the jails in Maricopa County that we got a house here for them if they're ready to get a different way to We appreciate that. So we're going to dive right in uh, on page 63 of our book. At the bottom of the page, the authors record, next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. So I want to, if you haven't been through this before, or you're not used to it, who's the we? 
So the first 100 are telling of their experience. My job is to compare my experience with their experience. How many of you have endeavored to do a fourth step inventory? How many of you would have to admit that maybe your first attempt was something less than a launching? <laughs> so the first thing we want to do is, what's the difference between what they detailed and my experience? If you fail to launch, what do you imagine the reason is? Lack of power would be my dilemma if I failed to launch, right, Tyler? So one of the things that we sometimes do is we skip through that all-important encounter in two, which enables my decision in three to go inward instead of continuing out looking in the world for my ease and comfort. Yeah? Yes. All right. So next we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. How many of you prior to being introduced to recovery had ever tried to do a personal house cleaning in the way they described? Anybody? I wouldn't have even known how if I were honest about it, right? Okay. So though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. So how many of you have been pretty sure you made a decision, but nothing changed. <laughs> so did you see how they qualified the whole thing? I've got to get down to causes and conditions. And they told me from their experience, where's the main problem center? In, In the mind. Where's the solution found? Deep down inside. So it's never going to be outside of me. I've got to go inward, and I've got to find out what's up. The calamities, pomps, and worships that have obscured my consciousness of this power to live within me, yeah? Okay, so I'm not gonna experience a permanent effect until I do that, and the converse would seemingly be true, right? I will experience a permanent effect if I'll do that. That's somebody, I'm feeling somebody feel that. How many of you are tired of temporary effects? So they promise a permanent effect, and the condition is that we're going to get down to causes and conditions. Yes? Okay. So therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. Sorry I read so long, because I know our minds drift when that happens. But in order to keep the context, we've got to read that whole paragraph and then, with the instruction, we did exactly the same thing with our lives. We're going to have to go back and deconstruct the paragraph so we understand what they're getting ready to show us. You know why I'm going to this much detail? Because you cannot move into a conscious relationship without examining this path with your logical senses. Does that make sense? It's got to make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then it's not going to have the effect. 
Yet? All right. So we got to go back. It says, says we're, we're in a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. How many of you found facts, didn't face facts? So, so there's an obligation there, right? And then it says it's an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. So what is the stock and trade in this instance? The stock and trade is what it is I'm offering to the world. Yes? Okay. And it says we're going to get to the truth. How many of you have discovered that there may be a little difference between your truth, other people's truth about you, and the truth about you? How many of you in recovery have learned that that gap's narrowed a little for you? That's the object, right? Okay, so one object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. So now I'm going to have to get rid of them promptly and without regret. And guys, if you've struggled off and on because you're clinging to an old identity, when you're trying to walk in the new identity, you're going to discover it's problematic. No condemnation from me. I'm just telling you, as long as you're trying to be that dead guy, you're going to have a hard time acting like the living guy. Just, just a caution for you, okay? All right, so, so then it says we did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. Sir, first, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self, manifested in various ways, was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. So those are words we don't use all the time, but what do they mean when self manifests in various ways to defeat me? We're going to go through what they said, but i like people to understand. Have you ever acted in a way that was inauthentic to you in order to control the thoughts of someone else about you? Well, that was yourself manifesting in a various way. Did you find that when you did that, you probably did not change the opinion of the one you were trying to impress? But you may have changed your own opinion about you. In other words, did you... Fine, they still didn't like you, but now you didn't like you. <laughs> and so now I can easily see why self-manifested in that particular way would have defeated me, because although I knew myself not to be that, I acted like that to win the approval of someone who was not going to be approving of me in any event. Many of you, we talk about how we're very much the actor, right? You guys kind of get that? Okay. All right, so, so they, we're, we're going to consider the common manifestations. Resentment's the number one offender. So we want to take seriously if resentment's the number one offender, that's the one thing that's going to be the most difficult for me to process and let go of, but it's the thing that will obscure the sunlight within me from making its way out. Yes? Yeah. Okay, so resentment's the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease. For we've not only been mentally and physically ill, we've been spiritually sick. Yep. Any of you have trouble with that idea that all of the, what's been going on with you is a, is a manifestation, a worldly 
example of spiritual sickness? Sometimes we have a hard time grasping that. I just want to, you know, confront your prejudice because we got to get out of the condemning thoughts that you're just willfully behaving in a way that's certifiably insane. We don't willfully behave in a way that's certifiably insane because insane people, they, they, they can't act cognitively correct. <laughs> okay. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So in 12-step recovery, if we're instructed correctly, we always want to tell you where and how to find the power. Where and how do we find the power? Deep down inside. And how do we find it? Sometimes we have to search fearlessly. And now we're in the instructions for that search, right? The fearless search, which required that power because fearless does not mean without fear. Fearless means in spite of the fear. Okay? All right. So then it says, uh, when the spiritual maladies overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. So the first thing I've got to do is face in order to start the process of be rid of. Yep. So that's why we put it on paper. Does that make sense? Yep. So we listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we are angry. So that sounds really mystical, but it's no different than what we do every day sitting on a bar stool to Sean's point or at work. We list people, institutions, and principles with whom we're angry. We just don't put them on paper. Any of you ever? Gone to share your grievances with your friends? Yeah, bartender. <laughs> <laughs> so in this instance, we're going to start examining it, right? Face and be rid of, so that's why I'm putting it on paper. Is that all making sense? Yep. Okay, so we ask ourselves why we were angry. Next column. Why am I angry at this people, institution, or principle? And then it says, in most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened, so we were sore, we were burned up. So, students of that other book, in the book of James, he said, why do we have quarrels among us? Because of the desires that rage within us. That's what they're talking about. So whoever I'm talking to that has a prejudice against 12-step teaching, I'm telling you, it's... It's grounded in deeper wisdom. Yeah? Okay. So it says, on our grudge list, we set opposite each name our injuries. So there's another column. Was it our self-esteem, our security, our ambitions, our personal or sex relations, which had been interfered with? So you all get what they're talking about? Your self-esteem, when your self-esteem is affected, it can make you feel some kind of way. Any of you ever had a position and then somehow... You lost the position, and you thought in that you lost your identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But the position was never your identity, was it? Right. Nope. Okay. So our security, same, same thing. How many of you have thought that some relationship or some employment situation or whatever was what ensured your security? It can be very frightening for that to go away. And, uh, um, our ambitions. That's a little trickier for people. That's, that's my expectations and my hope for future outcomes, which can steal my joy if somebody else is somehow in 
the situation I was hoping for myself. You ever had that happen? And I don't need to get into personal and sex relations because most of us have some experience in those areas and we can see how that can get us a little twisted up. Yes? Okay. And so we just want to know of all these relationships I've had with people, institutions, or principals, which of these things were affected so I can see why I'm so spun. Okay? And then they, they give you an example. I'm going to go to the bottom of the page because I'm not going to go through the example, but we went back through our lives so this was Bill's example, but the first 100 went back through their lives. So each of you has a life where we're not trying to tell you your experience, but our experiences are similar, yes? And then it says, nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. Why? Search for the truth. Life depends on it. I'd like to... I'd like to identify this and stop having the same experience over and over. Any of you ever get tired of learning the same lesson again, which means I didn't learn it the first time? (laughs) That hit a nerve, right? If we were in chap service, you'd have to say ouch right then. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. Why would I want to do that? Look for the exactly. You hear it, Sean? Because I've learned the same lesson over and over, which means I haven't learned the lesson. So I want to consider carefully, what is the manifestation of self that keeps getting me that result? Yeah. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. How many of you have determined that? Do you notice how you can find lots of agreement on that? So that's not an earth-shattering discovery. Okay. So then it says, to conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. That's when they're talking to us about calamities. No one's suggesting that people's mistreatment of you is your fault. But the fact that you think you're going to go through life navigating a world full of people and not have people mistreat you is probably a little naive. But am I going to live in the mistreatment or am I going to rise above the mistreatment? I'm going to hope to rise above it, yes? And hopefully this power greater than me is going to give me wings. Okay. So he says the usual outcome that people con- was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. They're telling us about being rooted in resentment. If I'm rooted in resentment, I'm always stuck to that old event. And pretty soon every interaction looks like that event. And then I'm just angry in advance. Okay. So sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. Any of you ever been stuck on what you perceive to be a mistake. And defined your whole existence going forward around the inevitability of the same mistake. Yeah, Yeah. so we don't want to stay trapped there, right? Because that's not true. In this process, you're going to come out new, which means that one's dead. So we're not going to worry about what they're saying about the dead man, because the living man's going out redeeming others. Okay, all right, so, but the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. Have you ever spent a lot of time 
trying to convince people that can't see you any other way that you're not that way and realize that their vision is not your problem? Any of you learned how to walk past that? It says, as in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It's plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. Remember now at this phase of the manner of living in this book, when they say things like it's plain, it's because they've been through the process. If you're on the other side of the process and you haven't been through it, and I don't mean just through step four, taking someone else through their one through four, because that's when you're going to see things clearly, it's when you're showing someone else what you've been shown. But it's not necessarily plain that my life full of resentment and what have you is leading to deep resentment. I didn't know that until I got better tools, when, until I got shown how to look at how myself manifested. Does it make sense? Yeah. So don't get caught up until you move through the process. The requirement is a little step of faith and then a whole lot of revelation, a little step of faith and a whole lot of revelation. The steps were never meant to be understood. They're meant to be experienced, and in the experience comes the understanding. Okay? All right, so, so then it says, um, to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? How many of you have sat angry for weeks, months, days, Years. and done absolutely nothing about it except self-destruct? And then have the revelation that it really wasn't what they did to me. It was my thoughts about what they did to me that kept me tethered. Right? And so then everything else looked the same. So if I'm permitting it and I don't know that I'm permitting it, would we call that condition delusion? So when they told us we experienced delusion as a result of addictive disorder, that's what it may look like. That I'm still tethered to a past that can't be changed except in my experience and my usefulness as a result of that experience. Yes? Okay, so then it says, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it's fatal. So one again, who's we? The first 100, and the book is the testimony of the first 100 about the first several thousand. So they've got a fair amount of experience in watching people delivered from all this stuff. Does it make sense? Okay, so it says the hope and maintenance of a spiritual experience. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to suddenly be abstinent. A lot of people think that because in our fellowships we celebrate abstinence, we get coins for abstinence, but what is the goal of 12-step recovery? To awaken spiritually and then stay awake to the extent that I'm disciplined. Does that make sense? So uh, my, the growth and maintenance of a spiritual experience is what this is about. That's why I'm doing it. Okay. So then it says, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit, the insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. With us, to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. 
So they're giving us some clue on what they learned about themselves. If they were walking around griping about the way things were, that's grouch, brainstorm, could mean a sudden fit of rage, or it could mean a bright idea that was not given due consideration. Any of you get a bright idea and launch out on a course of vigorous action only to discover that it was not well-informed action. So those things aren't for us if we're this guy. Does that make sense? Again, if you think about our rooms over the years, any of you have been around AA rooms, but it, some recovery fellowships besides AA, but AA is very robust about it. They always expected us to awaken and then think, think, think. So what I don't want to keep doing is moving forward unawake or ill-considered. Because I can eliminate a lot of the conundrums I find myself in by a little consideration. All right. So they may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. So the rest of the world can do what the rest of the world does. I have discovered I have this alcoholic condition. And if I do those things that I see the world doing, the consequences are not going to be good. Okay, so it says we turn back to the list for it held the key to the future. So what is the key to the future? The truth. Who felt that? Not your truth, not my truth, the truth. When the truth has a name, keep going, you'll find out. All right, so... so we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. What they tell me the insanity of alcoholism was? An appalling lack of perspective. So if my perspective does not grow, I'm still suffering. Does that make sense? Okay, so we began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. How many of you thought you were taking over the world and ended up in new freedom? Evidence enough, right? In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancy or real, had the power to actually kill. And then they asked the question, how could we escape? So the question is, number one, how much of the wrongdoing of others do you imagine is fancied, and how much is real? Yeah, I and I don't know that for anyone because some of us have gone through great travail, but I would suggest to you that, at least in my experience, I don't think any of you think about me quite as often as I think about me. So I'm guessing that I'm thinking things are personal a higher percentage of the time than you intend it to be personal. So some percentage is fancied on my part, because I've ascribed an intent to you that you simply did not have. You were just running around unawake just like me. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So, but they have the power to kill, and so we want to examine all of it. Because i got to let go of it either way. So it says, how could we escape? When they put a question mark in this book, that means to go inward. Eyesight without insight, spiritual blindness. So I need to start looking inward to see what's going on, questioning my thinking. Yes? 
So we saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? So another question. How are we going to master resentments? Any of you ever tried to master your own resentments and found out you weren't in charge? I'm just asking you to think about your thinking. Have you ever said, look, I can't afford to be mad at this motherfucker? <laughs> Back into the loop. So we could not wish them away any more than alcohol. Why did I take you through that exercise? Because now we're aligned with their experience. I've tried wishing them away. I've tried willing them away. Guess what? It's not going to happen. They're going to have to be converted, and I can't do that. Only as a servant can I convert that, convert that ma uh, musty past. Okay, so then it says, this was our course. We realized that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. So the first step of growth is, the reason I'm learning this about me is I'm going to learn my common ground with all the rest of the people with a human condition. So the first thing I need to do that is recognized that if I know I've been spiritually sick, it's entirely possible that you are as well, and you similarly do not know it, just like I didn't know it. Okay, so though we did not like their symptoms and the way these disturbed us, they, like ourselves, were sick too. So what are their symptoms? Selfishness, Selfishness dishonesty, resentment, and fear, which we're going to start looking at, and I'm going to realize in time that I don't really know whether I'm seeing their symptoms or mine manifest. Have you ever noticed when you're judging somebody, you're usually blaming them for something you were thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Tricky. Okay, so we asked God to help us. That was really good. Who did that? Let's do that again. I got to see who did that. We asked God. That's really good. To help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Why do we want to emphasize the use of the word power here? It, it is that experience of power that we come to believe in. And if we get caught up in silly ideas instead of that tangible sensory experience happening within us, I'm never going to discipline myself this way. I have to know this is real in order to summon it in order to change me. Does that make sense? And, and you, we've got to keep calling it to each other's attention because it's quite easy to go to sleep. Okay, so when a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man, how can I be helpful to him? How many of you don't stop to do that? When somebody offends you, how many of you have learned that it's, it's possible and it does avert Okay. God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. So I'm not asking them to be changed. I'm asking power greater than me to come into me and give me power to be kinder than I feel in the moment. How many of you have received power to be kinder than you felt and didn't even know you were asking or receiving? How many of you have come to realize that you are being changed even without all the disciplines and then you started realizing, Jesus, if I got disciplined, I could even experience this better. Okay. All right. So we avoid retaliation or argument. 
So what they're telling you is they're not perfect. Many of you discover you weren't perfect. When we wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a, that's good, take, take a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. Guys, I'm out seeking my spiritual experience and my continued awakening, and, and the reality is how everyone else behaves is really not the purpose. The world simply reflects how I'm thinking and feeling. So even when they offend, it just makes it's a greater opportunity to discipline and take captive my thoughts. Does that make sense? But it's going to take a power greater than me because every fiber of my being wants to argue with that logic. Okay. Okay, so referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. I want to stay stuck in them, but that's not where the freedom is. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? So now they're telling us the path to self-manifestation, driven by fear, they told us in the third step. Self-seeking, self-delusion, and then some condition, right? So the reason I'm doing the inventory is to see how fear drives me into self-seeking behavior, which ultimately perfects a selfish condition. And somewhere along the way, that self-delusion is that I don't even know I'm acting in self. I think I'm doing this for your benefit. Have you ever relieved somebody of something valuable because you knew they would harm themselves as a result of possessing it? <laughs> Apparently Emily has. <laughs> you can't handle this. <laughs> Better leave that to the experts. You wait until they nod out and then pick their pockets. Come on, wh who, who am I hanging with? Man, if I leave them with that shit, they're going to OD for sure. <laughs> See ya. I'm in the wrong room, man. I don't know, I don't know what happened. I came into a whole cathedral of saints, apparently. <laughs> So a situation had not been entirely our fault, we tried to disregard the other person involved entirely. Where were we to blame? So now I'm going in. What's my part? What's my part? What's my part? Does it make sense? Yep. And I don't have to say I had a part if I was mistreated and I didn't have a part, but the fact I'm clinging to it. Why am I clinging to the injustice? How much injustice did I do to others that I blow out of my mind? You know, am I in any position to judge? Even if that's it, if, even if it's just my unforgiveness, do I want to spend the rest of my life in unforgiveness or do I want to walk out a free man? So when we saw our faults, we listed them. We placed them before us in black and white. We admitted our wrongs honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. So that was their experience. Did you catch it all? There wasn't an instruction, that was their experience. Once I saw them, I listed them. And once I owned them, I was willing to make it right, right? Yeah. Because someone already explained to me, until I subordinate the ego and empower the spirit, I'm going to keep living in that loop. So it says, notice that the word fear is bracketed alongside the difficulties with Mr. Brown, Mrs. Jones, the employer, and the wife. This short word somehow touches about every aspect of our lives. It was an evil and corroding thread 
the fabric of our existence was shot through with it. It set in motion trains of circumstances which brought us misfortune we felt we didn't deserve, but did we not ourselves set the ball rolling? Now, you may not see that until you see that all manifestations of self are driven by fear. That's what they said. That's what we eventually discover. So I experience a fear and then a self manifests. And there's a hundred forms of fear. Now they may be very similar, but what happens is all these hundred forms of fear with all these similar looks start to paint the whole world I live in and I see all these traps everywhere. Any of you ever lived and you were pretty sure they were all in on it? Where's my, where's my tweakers? Cocaine addicts, too. My heroin addicts slept through it. Okay. So, sometimes we think fear ought to be classed with stealing and it seems to cause more trouble. Any of you ever miss an opportunity because you sat in indecision too long? So, it's, it's still, that, that fear stole something from you, yeah? We may not know what, but okay. All right, so we reviewed our fears thoroughly. We put them on paper even though we had no resentment in connection with them. So it's entirely possible to have a manifestation of self that doesn't have an outward manifestation. It, it may not have a resentment in connection with it. It may be just a condition, a response, something un unconscious. How many of you were the kind of drinker that sat night after night, sick as a dog, closed the bar down with just you and the bartender, because if you left, you were afraid you'd miss something. How many of you did the same thing in the trap house? So that fear that you're going to miss something's affected a lot of other things. How many of you had trouble staying in stable relationships? Because what if the other one comes along? I don't want to commit to that because dreamboat may be coming. Let me keep my options open. Well, we want to discredit everyone for that, but these are common human fears that cause that aberrant behavior, and it's causing a self to manifest. It's, it's acting against our own moral code, but because of the self-delusion, we don't even know we're driven by it. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Okay. So we ask ourselves why we had them. So you might want to ask yourself, if you've acknowledged any of those manifestations, then wouldn't the operative question be, why do I have that fear? Well, that's what this inventory is about. But let's take another. So it says, we ask ourselves why we had them. Wasn't it because self-reliance failed us? <coughs> How many of you just kept believing that you were just going to magically become self-controlled? How many of you had people in the world tell you to be self-controlled? Yeah. I would send you to that other book, which will tell you that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. You're not going to get that by yourself. <laughs> Just a word to the wise. As someone who has manifested lots of lack of. Self-reliance was good as far as it went, but it didn't go far enough. How many of you had areas of your life that you were very dependable? Most of you, right? Even, even if it was just 
gangbanging. You were dependable. <laughs> There's a few of them in here. I, shh. We're on the download now. We don't talk about it. Some of us one had, once had great self-confidence, but it didn't fully solve the fear problem or any other. When it made us cocky, it was worse. So that fear is going to drive me either way. So something's got to be done with that fear. Okay. So perhaps there's a better way. We think so. Who's we? The first 100. And why do they think that? Because of their own experience and that of the first several thousand. So this is documented over many, many years of introducing people to power and then allowing them to take a look at their manifestations of self and then walk out free and show others and that's what they know. Yeah. Okay, So perhaps there's a better way. We think so, for we're now on a different basis. The basis of trusting and relying upon God. Ah, oh, you guys, you're off your game. The basis of trusting and relying upon God. Okay, so we trust infinite God. You guys are falling off again. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. Wouldn't it make logical sense, regardless of your theology, to trust infinite power rather than my finite self? It's just the logical conclusion to reach. Yes? You wouldn't have to work too hard to sell me that plan. Okay, so it says... We're in the world to play the role he assigns. Now, for those of you that are growing into this, you've got to kind of examine that. How many of you would have to admit that sometimes it seems like you got rather a crappy assignment? Any of you? So that's a common experience, too. So what we want you to understand is that you were placed in the world to play this role, but you weren't placed here without provision. Right. So there, as crappy as your assignment may have been at a certain time, there's something better coming, and no one is better designed and provisioned than you to do it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling somebody. Who, who got some revelation? Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's the power in BART. That's not happening from up here. I'm hoping some of you are feeling what we're talking about because we would teach you to talk to you about the power we call God without giving you a demonstration. So just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? So as long as I am willing to serve and endeavoring to serve and asking for strength and direction to continue to serve then I'll be able to meet calamity with serenity. Does that sound like a good promise? We don't always call that to people's attention, but a lot of us would, that's a handy little trick for an addict of the hopeless variety to know, because I used to use methamphetamine, heroin, alcohol, and all kinds of other synthetic substances to match calamity with serenity. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I could be in great calamity and just take a shot of serenity and I'll be good. <laughs> so we never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. Power! That's pretty good. Picked her up. 
We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it's the way of strength. And the reason some of us think it's weak is because we, we were told, you know, you need to be self-sufficient. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You got this. And all the evidence suggests, no, Joe does not have this. <laughs> and even if you don't know, I know. So paradoxically, those of you who think that I'm this self-reliant person, those of you who knew me prior to this little experiment, would suggest that there's something else operating in Joe. <laughs> the verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. Power. We never apologize for God. Power. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. Yep. So one of the things that we don't get right is we're always asking what to do when we're not the doer. So they're going to help us with that. The doer's already got it. What I need to know is what he'd have me be while he does the doing. And so what I need to do so a self doesn't manifest is say, we ask him to remove our fear. See, when I experience fear, a self's going to manifest, and then I'm out of my being. And direct our attention to what he would have us be. And at once, we commenced to outgrow fear. Have you guys ever been in a scary situation that just, it became clear it was unavoidable? And you struggled, and you struggled, and you struggled, and you probably, whether you're a believer or not, prayed to something you didn't understand. And then one day, you went through it because it was inevitable, and you got to the other side, and you go, hmm, wasn't all that. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Imagine about the first time you ever got arrested, you had that same thing, and then first time you ever heard the judge say, see ya. And the first time, a whole lot of things, right? Okay, so did we not outgrow fear? So we're going to be able to face life successfully because I'm going to walk in the faith. How many of you were around New Freedom last year, towards the end of the year? How many of you stayed? <laughs> Those of you who don't know, there was this rumor that we were imminently dying. Yeah, right. Any of you hanging around here today? Yeah. Does it feel dead? Nope. No. Do you think those of us, Tyler, Denise, Trina, Wayne, Maddie, any of us experienced a little fear? Yeah. Chap, you betcha. We experienced a lot of fear. What did we walk in? Guess what? We outgrew fear. I'm just trying to show you a real, real world example, right? Okay. So now about sex. Some people are thinking this is my favorite part. Um, many of us need an overhauling there, but above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off the track. Here we find human opinions running to extremes, absurd extremes, perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. And then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or that it isn't the right kind. 
How many of you can, if you get honest with yourself, can see yourselves on both ends of that? Yeah, because if we come out of a bad experience, it's like, no more of that. But if we're in the middle of a good one, not enough and not the right kind, right? So then it says that they see its significance everywhere. One school would allow man no flavor for his fare. The other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. The instruction, though, is not all of that. That's just all of us to find our common experience. What they want to tell us is the new, the new man, the new woman growing into that is we want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. So the gravity of that, we got to own my human condition here because this is, can be particularly problematic. And, and the easiest thing in the world to do when I'm disturbed within is find fault with you and what I see you doing. And the only reason I give a rat's ass what you're doing with someone sexually is because you're interfering with my plan to do it with them sexually. <laughs> We'd hardly be human if we didn't. We, what can we do about them? So a new question, go inward. Make sense? What can I do about them? We reviewed our own conduct over the years past. You want to pay attention to this because this little paragraph is going to be your 10th step for a lifetime. Because it's not going to be just about sex. It's going to be about your relationship with the world in which you live. Okay, so we reviewed our conduct over the years past. Where have we been selfish, dishonest, or inconsiderate? It's not enough to check a box, even though people have shown us that. I need to know when I'm being selfish, what's it look like in my thoughts and actions? When I'm being dishonest, what's it look like in my thoughts and actions? Because they really don't care that I'm lying to you. I can't lie to you before I lie to me. I got to lie to me first. So that's what I'm trying to watch. Does that make sense? And then inconsiderate means I never considered, which I will do in a delusional state. I will just not consider anyone else's outcomes. Okay. But I need to know what that looks like. And then it says, whom had we hurt? How many of you have gone through this process and discovered that even if you intended to hurt one, there was a whole lot of collateral damage? Yeah. Did you also notice that even when you didn't intend to hurt anyone, there was a lot of collateral damage? Like if you were mad at your spouse, but you left the family, and now the family grew up without the benefit of your added support, or our behavior got us sent away for a minute, and then they all had to fend for themselves all around my selfish. Any of you ever had any of that stuff? Did we unjustifiably arouse jealousy, suspicion, or bitterness? So you want to look at your thoughts and actions around how you might arouse that in yourself and others, right? You're going to experience it yourself before you know what's up. Any of you ever kind of behave and you're a little catting around a little bit and then started to think your significant other was doing it? Anyway, again, it's tricky. Um, where were we at fault? What should we have done instead? See how they always want to move me to a solution? They don't want to leave me in the problem. There's, doesn't matter. Whatever I did, let's learn from it and let's go. And we got this all down on paper and looked at it. Face and be rid of. In this way, we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. 
So how many of you would like to have a say, sane and sound ideal for your future sex life? Like six of you. The rest of you are lying. Everybody wants a sane and sound ideal for a future sex life. Think about the question they're asking. Everyone does. And it's not just about sex life, guys. It's all your future relationships. Understand? Wouldn't you like a sane and sound ideal for all your future relationships, not governed by how they behave, but how you think? Yes. It would be so much better if you simply emitted such high energy that you didn't get yourself caught in that nonsense. Okay, so we subjected each relationship to this test. Was it selfish or not? Now, who am I inquiring of? And that power within us. Because that power within me, I don't know about you, I had a desire to stop running and gunning the way I was a long time before I could manifest any outward action to show that I had that desire. But that power in me knew I had that desire and he kept me safe and protected until such a time I was broken enough to just let go long enough to be lifted up. Yes. That's a fact. That's what happened for me. I had nothing to do with my sobriety. So we subjected each relationship to this test. Was it selfish or not? We asked God to mold our ideals. We asked power to mold our ideals and help us live up to them. Mold them and then walk with me. You had access to a power that's not just standing on the sidelines cheering. He's living in and through you. So why not access that power? We remembered always that our sex powers were God-given and therefore good. Neither to be used lightly or selfishly, nor to be despised and loathed. Don't, don't be self-condemning because it's, it's not useful. Just get into figuring out how to formulate. You, a lot of us started living our life based on someone else's ideal. And so we were always feeling a little sat, dissatisfied with our life because we weren't living our authentic life. This is an opportunity to do I don't know why everyone doesn't want to do this anywhere because this is a ticket to, this is the catapult, this is the rocket into a new freedom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So whatever our ideal turns out to be, we must be willing to grow toward it. So it doesn't matter what your ideal turns out to be. If you're willing to put in the work, you're going to get to it. And you're probably going to find you short-sold yourself, but the one preparing you has got more, and you'll learn it. If you knew all that he had for you, it'd scare the shit out of you. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Any of you surprised at where you are from where you thought you might be? Oh, yeah. Me too. We must be willing to make amends where we've done harm. A well, must is about a no-brainer, not a rule. They've already told us it's suggestive. So I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't ready to grow. Yes? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We must be willing to make amends where we've done harm, provided we do not bring about still more harm. And so doing, in other words, we treat sex as we would any other problem. So that they're getting down to, you know, they, people focus on sexual stuff, but it's all about relationship misconduct. You don't have to be in a sexual relationship to abuse someone's position of, you know, faith and you know, trust in you. Have you ever done that? Like somebody was attracted to what you were doing or saying, and then you use that to get something for yourself. That's, they were attracted to the spirit they thought you were, and they weren't attracted to the, the flesh. And, and it's easy to abuse that if we're not staying directed. 
Yes? Okay. So don't quit telling your secrets. Well, the consequences for that stuff will revisit us. Okay. So in meditation, we ask God what we should do what we should do about each specific matter. They're asking us to grow in conscious relation. So anytime I'm getting ready to make a decision, I want to go inward. The answer's for you or in you. Now, if you're calling somebody that's helping you in this process, what they're probably going to tell you if they're really in the process, have you prayed? Are you ready to pray again with me? Because I got no answers for you. The answers for you are in you. The question I want to know is if you already know what you want to do, why the hell are you bugging me? If you really don't know, then when we get an answer in prayer, you'll be able to walk. And if you already have an idea, then I ain't the garbage can. Does that make sense? All right, so, so the right answer will come if we want it. See why I went through that and it sounded a little mean? I'm just telling you, with lots of years working with lots of people, some people like someone to co-sign their crap. I've been that guy. I'll just go shop opinions until you agree with me, and that's what we're running with. And then when I hose it, it's your fault. You should have stopped me. When the truth is, nobody can stop me. I'm like a fucking missile. I go. I <laughs> walk. Okay, so the right answer will come if we want it. What if we don't want it? It'll come and I'll just discard it. Why would I listen to you, O oh infinite one? I've got this. Okay, God alone can judge our sex situation. Counsel with other persons is often desirable, but we let God be the final judge. So whatever you're going to do, shop opinions, do whatever. You already know the answers for you are within you. You already know what you're going to do. If you want to be stopped, you better talk to the one power that maybe has a chance of changing it for you. Yeah. We realize that some people are as fanatical about sex as others are loose. We avoid hysterical thinking or advice. Suppose, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Any of you have been afraid that you weren't going to do all this perfectly so you just didn't bother starting? Because yeah. that'll happen, right? Okay. So does this mean we're going to get drunk? Some people tell us so, but it's only a half-truth. Depends on us and our motives. If we're sorry for what we've done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we'll be forgiven and we'll have learned our lesson. If we're not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we're quite sure to drink. These are not, we are not theorizing. These are facts out of our experience. Those of you that have had problems over and over again in the same areas, that's something to take a look at. Because yeah. it's really between you and your motives. And if your intention is really to outgrow it, then keep asking God and you'll outgrow it. If your intention is not to do that, you're probably going to keep getting what you get. Right. Make sense? Yeah. All right, so to sum up about sex, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. If sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. So those of you who are struggling with fidelity and, and things like that, my recommendation based on that is work with more people. Right. But not necessarily the ones you're having trouble with. 
We think of their needs and work for them. This takes us out of ourselves. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. If we've been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. Any of you discover that? How many of you wrote a lot? How many of you have gone back again because of new revelations and wrote a lot again? We have listed and analyzed our resentments, and we've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. See how they're still talking about beginnings over and over? We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. Have you started to grow to the point that's happening for you? We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you'll read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. What they say did it? Faith. faith. We hope you're convinced now that God Power. can remove from you whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you've already made a decision and in an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you've made a good beginning. That being so, you've swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Thank you very much.